0: Heavenly Father, as we've just heard sung, please would you prepare our hearts that we would be ready to listen to your word. Please would you help us by your spirit to respond rightly to what you have to say to us now. Amen. Lots of people are suffering at the moment. Many are suffering because of COVID and the harm that it brings, sickness, isolation, grief over death many others were suffering before covid and will be suffering long after it's gone but life now in particular seems really flat it seems like there's nothing to hope nothing to look forward to the most exciting plans we've got are you know a zoom quiz at the weekend and maybe we'll get a takeaway People have thought of some good things that have come from this pandemic. You know, maybe the climate. Maybe that'll work out a bit better. Maybe the development of a new working culture will make life easier in the future. Or maybe there'll be just other bigger societal changes which will help many people. But they feel quite far away from me. They're not very immediate. What good... Do they do for me when I'm suffering? I can't know for you what you're going through at the moment. For some of you, this could be fine. It could just be continuing on, coping, doing all right. For some of you, this could be some of the lowest you've been in a long while, in your whole life even. But God's word to us today gives us something that we can hold on to during suffering. Whether that's the hardship of COVID restrictions or something completely unrelated. It gives us hope that we can grow through suffering. Joe, can we just have our first slide up? Thanks. We're continuing to go through this series of thinking about growing in faith as we look at some of Paul's prayers. And as we think about this passage, we're going to ask this question of it How can we be growing through suffering? How can we be growing through suffering? So if you've got the passage open, keep it open, or find it in your Bible so you can follow along as we go through. We're looking at 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Now, 2 Corinthians, I don't know if you know it well at all, it's a letter that's packed full of truths about suffering and weakness because it's Paul writing to the church in Corinth to defend his own weak-looking ministry. He has suffered a lot in fact he suffered so much that the Corinthians are starting to look elsewhere because he looks kind of weak, they think maybe we're going to just follow somebody else so if you are feeling the weight of suffering your weakness at the moment can I commend to you read 2 Corinthians, probably takes about 40 minutes, you could do it this afternoon Um, it's packed full of truths which will be good for you for now, we're just going to think about one point that Paul makes about suffering, but there's plenty more he says throughout it. And I pray that as we consider these words now, God's word would be a comfort to you. So, Paul, he's been through a pile of suffering. Um, look down at the Bible with me, look at halfway through verse 8 and see how he describes what he's been through. He says, We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Now, we don't know the exact details of Paul's suffering here. He doesn't tell us, but it was more than he could cope with. And he'd learned to cope with a lot. He literally thought he was going to die... And he later in the letter describes something of what he's experienced. He said uh, he's been flogged five times. He's been beaten with rods three times. He's been stoned once. And he's been shipwrecked three times. You can see why he says he felt like he'd received a sentence of death. But after all this suffering, he writes what we have now. And as he opens it, in verse 3, he says praise be to God after going through such great hardships Paul praises God and we're going to see two reasons he does that and my hope is that those two reasons will encourage us to join in with Paul and praise God even if we're going through suffering at the moment we can praise God because he comforts us Joe can you put up the next slide please We can praise God because he comforts us in the first instance. Paul, he's speaking about himself, about his suffering in the service of Christ and the comfort he received in the face of that suffering. So the first point of what Paul's saying is that it applies to him specifically. It's God comforted him in his suffering, but his words go much bigger than that. You draw a bigger picture. If you look down at verse 3 with me, it makes the point that God's comfort is all-encompassing. Look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble. All, all, any. See how the scope is wider than just Paul? It's not just about Paul this. He's speaking about the God of all comfort who doesn't just care about the big troubles when his people are faced with prison or death, but who really cares about all their troubles. And he gives his comfort. Okay, think about that for a second. Like we might be used to thinking, oh, God cares for me, okay? God himself cares for his people. God, the creator and sustainer of all that exists. He's the one that's making that snowfall right now. He is the one who cares for us. The mighty king of the universe, he dwells in unapproachable light. He cares for the lowliest subject of his kingdom. He stoops down to comfort them. And he doesn't only do it when the stakes are high. He cares for all their troubles, any of them, no matter how small. So when the diagnosis is terminal and there's nothing left to do, he cares. But at the same time, when you burn dinner, and that's the last straw, he cares. When the car breaks down, you're gonna be late for something, he cares. When you're really feeling the drag of COVID isolation, feeling the lack of seeing people, he cares. Big or small, there is nothing that is beyond the father of compassion's care. But how does he bring his comfort? I've never received a physical hug from God. I've not heard a voice booming from the sky saying, keep going, I've got you. And I doubt you have either. But look at the verse again. God is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. But look at what else he's the God and father of. Our Lord Jesus Christ He is the God and Father of compassion and comfort and the God and Father of Jesus because Jesus is how he brings his compassion and his comfort into our lives. This isn't just from verse 3. Look at verse 5 with me as well. Look down there. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Jesus is the one through whom we receive comfort. Now, following Jesus certainly brings sufferings. Like Paul says, Christians share abundantly in his sufferings. Just think about the persecuted church around the world. But Jesus is also our source of comfort. Both comfort and suffering are tightly bound to Jesus. So as we come close to Jesus, as we follow him, they overflow from him into our lives. At times, following Jesus, it is the source of our suffering, But we mustn't pull away from him because he is also the source of God's comfort. At other times, it's not following Jesus that's the source of our suffering. It's just living in a fallen world, a world under God's judgment. But the comfort is the same. It's still through Jesus. It's still God's comfort through him. He brings his comfort to us by his Son. So draw close to him, draw close to Jesus, because that is how God brings his comfort. That's what Paul did. Verse 9, look at it with me. Verse 9 says this, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Jesus is the source of God's comfort, because it's a comfort that only he can offer. It's resurrection life, resurrection hope, life from dead. We might experience the comfort that God brings in many and various ways through reading the promises of his word, through meeting up together or chatting over Zoom or something like that, through um, prayer and seeing his response to it or just through an inner conviction of God's goodness and faithfulness to us. But the heart of all of these is resurrection hope, In Jesus, we have a hope that goes beyond this life of suffering and death and pain now to a glorious future where death, mourning, crying and pain will be no more. Isn't that a relief? At the moment, isn't that just like a glorious truth? That there will be a day when God wipes the tears from his people's eyes. Suffering in this world will end. It won't go on forever. Let me tell you a story of a man who knew God's comfort. His name was Horatio Spafford. Thanks, Joe. Some of you may have heard of him. He lived in America during the 19th century, and he worked as a bigwig lawyer. He was a senior partner in a law firm, and he uh, was a Christian. He invested in real estate in Chicago, but then, October 1871, as of course we all know, was the great Chicago fire. Um, I didn't know that, but that's when it was. Um, And he lost everything. Uh, All his investments were burned down. He might have had a little bit left, but most of it was gone, a tragedy. A couple of years later, he and his family were going on holiday to England, but Horatio had to stay behind because There were still some issues to sort out with the fire, even a couple of years later. So his family set off across the Atlantic ahead of him. As they were nearing the middle of the Atlantic, their steamer hit another boat, and it sank in 12 minutes, and 226 people died. Horatio's four daughters all died. Of his family, only his wife, Anna, Survived. She was taken to England and she telegrammed back to him saying, Saved alone. Horatio then travelled to England and passing near the spot where his four daughters had drowned, he wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. We'll hear it sung later, but let me read to you the first verse. This is written by a man grieving the deaths of his four daughters. He says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. Sorrow was rolling over this man like the billows of the sea where his daughters had died and yet he could say it is well with my soul how could he say this because of God's comfort in Jesus the rest of the hymn goes on to recount what Jesus has done and the hope of him returning the hope of resurrection life that is where Horatio Spafford found his comfort Next Joe. God uses suffering to make us rely on him more. Like Paul, like Horatio Spafford, when suffering comes, we see how our own resources on our own, they're not enough. We can cozy up under a blanket, eat some chocolate. We can buy something new or exciting online. We can, you know, go, go shopping. We can turn to friends or spouse. And these are good comforts, but they pale in comparison to God's comfort. Because these comforts are temporary and fading. When health is taken away, when freedoms are stripped from us, when everything is out of our control, we see so much more clearly how we need God's comfort. His lasting compassion and comfort. The hope of resurrection life. Suffering teaches us to say, like Paul... This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So right, we know as Christians, we're not meant to be independent, self-reliant. We know that we can't just rely on ourselves, and yet, we still do it so much of the time, don't we? That's our sort of default go-to. When we're healthy, or financially secure, or in fulfilling relationships... We just stroll through life relying on ourselves so easily. God uses suffering to shake us and say, wake up. He uses it to show us that self-reliance is a sham. So to answer that question we're thinking about, how can we be growing through suffering? We can say this, by learning to rely on the God who raises the dead. If you are suffering now, draw near to Jesus. Draw near to him in his word. Draw near to him in prayer. Draw near to him as you seek the encouragement of other believers. Draw near to know his comfort. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the suffering of the cross. As we see the joy set before us, let us endure that we would join Jesus in his resurrection life. Let that be our hope, that we can keep going in suffering. But God's comfort doesn't stop with us. No, God comforts us so we can comfort others. Joe, can we just get that up? God comforts us so we can comfort others. See how these verses don't just stop with Paul telling how he has been comforted, but rather that his comfort leads to the comfort of others. In fact, he says that that is the very reason that God comforted him in the first place. Okay, look at verse 3 again. I know I've told you to look at the Bible a bunch of times. Look at it again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God, so that we can comfort others. God comforts Paul so he can comfort the Corinthians. And the same is true of us. God comforts us so we can comfort others. So as we go through suffering, it equips us to share that comfort with others. Suffering is like, it's like a, a nursery for plants where the shoots of hope and compassion grow. Suffering is the place where which makes it grow within us. We've already seen how suffering makes us rely on God, and so when we've lent heavily on God's comfort, on the hope that He gives, and found that it is strong enough, that makes us ready to offer that support to others. Suffering also grows our empathy as we've been through pain, it makes us quicker. To come alongside others who are feeling pain also, to empathize with their wounds and to walk with them. Now, suffering is awful, but in God's goodness, it's not only bad. It is something God uses to change us, to make us not only more reliant on Him, but to shape us to be servants of others, that we would be able to proclaim the sufficiency of His comfort. And be all the more ready to gently serve those in need. And it matters. It really matters that we are ready to comfort others. Whether they're Christians or not. As Christians, we need to be comforted by those about us. We need to be reminded of God's goodness. Because our default is to rely on ourselves. We need to be reminded of God's comfort. And if you're not a Christian, you need to hear about God's comfort. So if you are a Christian, we need to tell about God's comfort. If we're thinking back to that question at the start, how can we grow through suffering? This is the second part of the answer Paul gives. God uses suffering to equip us to share his comfort with others. But how do we practically do that? Just very briefly, there's three ways we can put this into practice. I'm sure there are others, but here are three. First, we share God's comfort when we don't even realise it, just by others looking on. When suffering is obvious and you see someone keeping going, keeping persevering through it, that is encouraging, especially for someone facing the same thing. They see it's possible to receive God's comfort and keep going, even in the midst of horrible suffering. So please, don't hide your suffering. We feel safer when we can hide our struggles and suffering. It makes us feel more in control when we do this, but we deprive others of encouragement. How many of you, when you're starting a Zoom call at the moment, people are like, oh, how are you? Like, oh yeah, I'm fine, thanks. And, and then maybe people after a couple of seconds say, oh, well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not that great, really. That's the honesty we need. We need to be able to say that. Because when we're open about our suffering, It enables us to show God's comfort to us, to others. And it also enables others to comfort us with the comfort we need. So this doesn't mean we need to open up every conversation with everybody, saying, I'm really struggling, I'm really finding everything tough. Um, But we must share with some. We need to be open, because as Christians we're united in Christ so we can bear each other's burdens. Second, we can share God's comfort through prayer. When we've been taught by the Father of compassion that we can and must rely on him, then it makes sense that we turn to him to care for others. As we approach the God of all comfort, we can intercede for others. In verse 11, which is just after what we've been reading, Paul asks the Corinthians to to keep praying for him that God would keep delivering him. Paul, the Apostle Paul, knows his need for other people's prayers. He couldn't get by without them, and I don't think we can either. When we know God's comfort for ourselves, then we should pray for others to experience it also. The third and probably most obvious way of sharing God's comfort with others is to tell them. Tell them of gospel hope. Whether that's reminding a Christian friend or speaking the gospel to, to a non-Christian who hasn't heard it before. We can do this by pointing them to specific verses in God's word. Or by sharing your own story of God's comfort in your life. Or even telling them the story of God's comfort in the lives of others. That's what Paul's been doing here. He's been sharing the story of his comfort. So... Tell of God's promises. Tell of Romans 8 and how God works everything for the good of those who love him. Tell of 2 Corinthians, just a bit further on in chapter 4, where we read how our sufferings now are working for us an eternal weight of glory, which far outweighs all of them. Tell of God's promises. Tell of good news from, of life from death. And also, don't just tell promises, tell stories. Stories are powerful. And they move us to follow in the footsteps of others. When we tell stories of people's brokenness and God's comfort, it helps them to follow and come close to Jesus. So, tell the story of Jesus' life. Tell the story of Paul's life. Tell the story of Horatio Spafford. And tell your own story. Tell the story of God's comfort in your life. Because that is why God comforts you in your suffering now. So you are able to tell that story to others, to tell of God's comfort. God is equipping you to tell people of his comfort. So when a friend is suffering, we can tell them. We mustn't just ram it down their throats. We can't just force hope into them. But as we've been comforted, so we must comfort others with patience and kindness like God does for us. I can't tell you exactly what to say but listen to them point them to Jesus point them to God's promises tell them stories consider the comfort that you've received that you may pass it on God comforts us so we can comfort others Paul's response to this is praise so we're going to close with that let's pray Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Father, we thank you that you are our comfort, that you come to comfort us by your Son and you even use the agony of suffering to grow us into people who are more able to share that comfort with others. Please, Father, would this knowledge be an encouragement to us when we are suffering? And please, would you use us to bring this comfort to others? Amen.